So this is a period of question and answers, but before we do that, sometimes something comes up in my mind that I just want to speak a little bit about as a kind of a preamble. If I couldn't, I just want to um, talk a little more about intention. If I, um, because I think intention holds sort of the energetic, um, the energetic access uh, to uh, the system I'm proposing, or any system really, but the system I'm proposing, it has to be a very pure intent. Uh, and um, because there are other qualities of practice that we can have a very skewed intention. Like any cultivation, like samadhi for instance. I don't really have to have a pure intention for selflessness to practice samadhi. In fact, I can have just the opposite. I can want to do it for the sake of my own empowerment, for my sake of my reputation, for the, to impress other people. Uh, any cultivation doesn't require a pure intention. Right? I, all samadhi requires is the science of being able to stay on your nose. If you stay on your nose... <laughs> The graph is that, you know, over time, number of breaths, the graph will go up. Guaranteed. Just bring yourself back and, and over time, if you listen to the right instructions, you can get into the absorptions and everything. It's all there. And you don't have to have any pure intention at all, except the, you can have a power intention. You can have, it doesn't, sila or Ethical conduct doesn't follow samadhi. Somebody who's corrupt can have samadhi, or the Buddha can have samadhi. In fact, in the Buddha's time, his cousin Devadatta was what, was a real powerful samadhi, had real powerful samadhi access with all the powers, but he was totally corrupt and and worked counter. It counter to uh, how the Buddha and tried to undermine the Buddha and all sorts of things. So you can develop a certain power base with wrong intention and fool a lot of people with that. Because samadhi has a tremendous appeal that draws attention to it like a magnet. Because it has that ability to uh, to sort of captivate charisma, captivate the audience, audience through charisma. But for selflessness, you can't have self-intention. See, that's the, that's the, that's the, and many of us have developed good qualities of spiritual powers, I mean, spiritual uh, cultivations. But when it comes to selflessness, those same motivations, those same in, intentions, inclinations, which might have been to impress or to just to be better than or to impress the teacher or whatever, that worked in one aspect of cultivation doesn't work for selflessness. We have to have selfless motives for selfless understanding. <clears throat> and so we have to look very deeply at what it is that's been motivating our practice, whether we have wanted it 
to cultivate certain qualities of pleasure and to indulge in those pleasures, which is a, can be a samadhi trap, or whether we've done it because of a sense of self-lacking and we think that this adding sufficient muscle uh, through samadhi will offset the sense of inward insufficiency that I feel. Because unless we address those motives up front and at their base, they will corrupt selflessness. They will corrupt. You can spend an awful long time on the pillow practicing not for your own intentions, not because you really want, not because the, you desperately want to move into the arena of space and presence and selflessness, but because you want to impress the teacher or because you want to whatever, with some kind of projected, right? And so it throws us way back on our motives. And so we have to clear out all the pain to move with into selfless inclination. We have to sweep the attic clean of pain that's been driving much of our life. There's no way to get, access this thing because pain is always is a is a uh, is always overcompensated. It's not the pain that drives us is not the motivation of selflessness. It's the motivation of trying to build a, a, some credibility around the sense of self by overcompensation for we if we feel lacking or whatever. So the gate's closed, my friends, unless we do that. You can show up here for a whole number of years and be just frozen because the pain is not being addressed. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So, to look. To look, to clean it out. It's not, it doesn't require anything, but our willingness to look, to see what's driving us, to see where we're reacting to our pain rather than addressing our pain and to deal with it honestly, straightforward. Therapeutically is one way, meditatively is another, and action in body, speech, and mind. Okay, so that was my preamble. Now for anyone who would like to ask a question. Yes. When, um, the question is, when awareness touches self-consciousness within oneself or external, is there a way for the, that awareness transforms that self-consciousness? So let me ask you, what do you mean by self-consciousness? What do, what do you well, mean by that? Uh, I guess what I mean is the, um, uh, the arising of uh, me, mine, story. Right. You know, so yes. In, in, in awareness, yes. then I see that come in. Like, you know, a little yes. Right. 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 Good. Yeah. And when when you hold it, do you hold it with a motivation for anything about what you see? Is there any motivation in the holding? Well, the only difference that I, I experienced uh, here on this retreat was 
that there is not a desire to, I mean, I think in the past that I had more of a desire to, to be critical, actually, of that, you know, to be judgmental and, and want to put it down and say, why are you there? What, you know? Right. <laughs> and so... And on this retreat? On this retreat, I experienced more of a, Right. So it's not laced with a lot of, it's not laced with a lot of uh, ulterior motives. Yeah, that's right. It feels like there's less hidden agenda in relation to it. It's just, it's right. just very simply there. Right. You know, there isn't even a lot of dialogue about it. Yeah, you're right. It's just, oh, there it is. Right. You know, it's just this quietness around. Okay, so it's, uh, it's there it is. Is there any, um, so you have to be very clean. You have to be very clean. This is where any sense of self-dislike, because you're going to be facing yourself. If there's any sense of self-dislike, you can see how why it won't lead to selflessness, because you'll be feeding through the self-dislike the very acts, right? So if it's like uh, there, I mean, you know, it's that uh, it's that first recognition. Is there any mind? See, there's awareness, and then there's mind. Awareness just sees. It's like the light. The light just reveals, right? In fact, my prop, this is what non-judgmental awareness feels like when it touches you. Not a lot of pressure, is there? (laughs) It just reveals. Everything else is mind. Everything else is a reactive stance to that, is a, is a placeholder. If there's somebody back there seeing you, then there's another me back there that has an opinion about what it's seeing. That's why it feels as if the scene is coming from someone, from a watcher, because the watcher is having opinions about what it's watching. That's where the sense of watcher comes from. Otherwise, it feels like it's not coming from anything. It's just being revealed, like light, you see? So we we have to be very careful that we aren't trying to watch ourselves into oblivion. (laughs) Because watching ourselves into oblivion, what is left after that disappears is the watcher who also needs some attention. And on and on and on it goes. It's just like a mirror reflecting its own face back and forth. Okay. okay, so you say you had a judgment and you're watching yourself and you're, you know, you're just a little bit of reactivity and the sense of self will come and go and the watcher will feel very accomplished in that sense of having watched itself come and go. But then there's also the sense of me who has been the watcher and now I, that needs watching and then that needs watching and that needs watching and that needs watching and that needs watching and that needs watching. Then there's an awareness, there's an awareness that just sees. It doesn't feel like it's coming from another position. It doesn't feel like a placeholder where the flashlight is holding. It's just awareness, right? And I like the sense of awareness where we're, when we are um, with awareness, you know, when we're, 
with awareness. That's the watcher watching the different experiences that come. Or when we're within awareness, so the awareness feels like it's coming outside of us and is just holding us like light holds us. See, so just for in a moment, just now, as you sit here, for a moment, feel awareness sitting there within awareness. So you have to relax. Notice the first thing you have to do to access it is to relax. The sense of awareness, abiding awareness, feels as if... See, it's not coming from you. It, it's free-floating. It's not coming from a point. It's 360. It's everywhere. Get a sense? That's the kind of holding that is held in love. Everything else is, if there's a watcher back there watching me, it's a conditional love. It has a condition. I'll watch you for a while, but you better go away. (laughs) Or there's an impatience or patience. But that which is not fabricated by me, that which is not, the awareness isn't created by a sense of me. I have to relax it. See, that's already selflessness. You see? That's already, where's that coming from? Then this sense of self is seen as insubstantial because it's not being held through the gaze of someone. And that's already, that's already it. That's it right there. So, do you get a sense? Good. Very good. Which was external? Okay, the external... External, uh, like, can I, can I elaborate just slightly? In terms of, um, you know, the same process... But let me show you a little more specifically. Uh, have you ever had somebody actually attend to you, full, fully embodied attention, where it's not a critical attention, but somebody's just holding you within their attention? And the healing power of being held or listened to, you see, that is exactly, has the same power as the internal awareness that we abide and allow for ourselves. Same, so, so the power of attention, abiding attention, is there for all things. Now, whether you think when a dog starts coming at you and you say, okay, I'm going to pay loving attention to it, that it won't bite you. I don't think that's true. It may just <laughs> come up to you. So if you have a motivation to why you, you know, okay, love, you know, math to you, and you're, rah, rah. you know, that's, I mean, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to turn out necessarily. So that the awareness really needs to be free of motivation. How does it have an effect? Just as well, you pay attention to the news and not kill. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, your explanation kind of brought up this question. Yeah, sure. 
No, no, because relaxation isn't a doing, is it? It's an undoing. And I don't know how to always access that. And I don't know if there is a way to access that. I agree with you. You see, because what you're asking yourself not to do is to not to make a fist, but to un... And there are lots of unconscious reasons why we don't let psychically down our guard. So real relaxation at the level that I'm pointing really is psychic, is releasing the need to have a boundary. Well, I mean, we've got to do a lot of looking there, right, to see why it is that we have a boundary. However, however you understand relaxation, you understand it a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> knee, you know, soften the mind, you know, go to the go to the extent in which you're willing and consciously can release release the grip. That's good enough. That's good enough. That will access more than you're accessed with a full fist. And even if it just allows a little bit of light through, still you'll feel it. The whoa. And that will encourage perceiving where it is that you're still resisting and releasing even more. So it, it, it's a positive reinforcement for additional search and discovery. And you, and you can do it pretty. I mean, when you get so that you really want what's on the other side and not afraid of what's on the other side of boundarylessness, then you can do it pretty quickly. And you, it doesn't, but conditions arise, and you find yourself just just from the momentum of selfing my selfing ourselves for so long, the minimize momentum in situations arising. Oh, but but as soon as that happens, there's a pain associated with boundaries that becomes so easily perceived, subtly perceived, more and more subtly perceived, that you catch it almost as it's forming. And you just... And the way you know that psychically you're releasing is it gets quieter as well. Your, Your system gets quieter. Not as much noise. There may be thought... But the level of stillness, that which holds thought, that which holds everything, is is now more available. Whether there's rancor or thought or something, that's separate. There won't be rancor because rancor is tension, right? But there could be thought. Get a sense? So you just and it feels viscerally. You can feel it viscerally as you and you feel something else come in. It's like you let down the boundaries and something else comes in. And where I was pointing today in the guided meditation was that what's, what, what begins to uh, surround is presence, deepening stillness, and then something. So presence, but then and you'll touch, you'll sense, 
You won't be able to, it's not hearing, smelling, tasting, or thinking. Viscerally sense a little bit. This is not, this is a, this will throw you off, but I'm going to say it. You know when somebody's looking at you and you, you behind you, you, somebody behind, you have a sense, that's, that sense, you're not feeling that in any, right? It's just a, a little bit like that. A little bit. 99% not like that. <laughs> Sweat, it's as close as I can come. <laughs> And then you'll know what the, un, the what is what gives rise to all things. That, and then awareness, enlightenment, is knowing that you are being birthed from that. And without any question, you know that that births you. You do not birth it. And that. Figure ground switch is what's what's called enlightenment. You know irreversibly that you are not what you thought you were used to be, and it's something else's. For a while, you can sense it, but not have made that turnaround. At some point, who knows when? You're turned upside down. And it's like, <gasps> it can be that dramatic. But there is no question. It's not intellectual exercise of gymnastics. The world is revealed in a completely different configuration. Nothing changes, and everything changes. Other questions or comments? Yes. Yeah. In, in answering the question over here, you, you addressed something that, that bothered me for some time. Um, you were talking about... Good. Bill Absolutely Bill. true. I mean, a little alarm bell started going off. No, no. I don't want to walk around and spend the rest of your life. <laughs> I am now picking my foot up. No, no, no. No, no. Uh, You're exactly right. Okay. You're, yes, you are. Good. That sense of watcher... Yeah, sense of watcher is an intermediate step in Vipassana. Vipassana, Zen, I appreciate very much. It, it's, it, uh, it starts from the abiding, from abiding. Spontaneity, you know, just, right? Uh, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that a lot. But the limitation is that you don't understand what you're doing. You know, and, and the sense of self can, can gain you know, think it's being spontaneous. Okay, so that's the value and limitation. Vipassana's value and limitation. Vipassana, you know exactly what you're doing, but you can't get out of what you're doing. <laughs> right? You know exactly what's going on, but you're stuck in the position of knowing what's going on. Okay, but... Well, I don't want to leave you there because that's an interim step. Okay. At some point, the sense of watcher becomes part of the watch, what is watched. 
not from any other vantage point. Just exactly what I was saying. Then the two come together. Then there's no more sense of something outside of you that has your presence watching you in present form. It's not a sense of that. There's a sense of awareness. At first it seems as if it's coming at you, but then it seems like it's everywhere. And it frees you up from having to... You see, then you join it. You get a sense? Yeah, then what yeah. I mean, that's right. Very nicely said. Yeah. You want to sit up here? Yes, absolutely. It should be. It, shoot a basketball or play a guitar. Well, that's mindset. It's not spontaneous, is it? it, it could In fact, it would interrupt your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Right, exactly. Exactly. So it should disturb you. But if you see it as a process, then you and understand the resolution of that, then you'll okay, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, you got the whole philosophical thing about what they call the little man in the brain, the homo nucleus or something. But the, the philosophers don't like that either, having the little man inside the brain. That's right. With the control. Right. Right. <laughs> There's never two. Right. Okay. Other? Um, so, as long as there is a commentator. Yes. Um, the instruction would be to not try to get rid of that. See if you can see awareness, or see if awareness is there. It is there. If you know it's going on, it's already there, right? Right. Sometimes we fool ourselves. We say, "God, you know, I just saw this big thing. I've been totally unconscious to my whole life, and I, I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to make it conscious." Well, you saw it. <laughs> you know, you saw it. I mean, if you—that's <laughs> what being conscious is, right? <laughs> So, the commentator, just allow it to be known. That's all. Let it, allow it to be known. Not by someone, just known. And be patient with it. Because it, it's your survival technique. It's your survival technique. It's how you keep yourself going. It's how you, it's the energizer bunny. It's how you keep that thing infused with your own energy and your own safety. And if you realize that it's been acting for your own good and therefore um, on your side, then you can, you can appreciate the fact that it has some continuance. And even though now you're ready to, like any tool, you're ready to release it, it doesn't know how to release itself and you don't know how to release it. And so you have to let it wither on the vine. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't feed it by just being present that it's there. Right. So Did you? Here's the commentator. Right. This is consciousness. Awareness, yeah. Is awareness that key? I mean, it's all over. 
It's all around. It's, there's no location for awareness. Pardon? Well, I mean, it depends on what you mean by consciousness. We're talking, we have to define the words. Some people talk about awareness as being conscious. Being, we're unconscious. That's awareness, right? Some people talk about consciousness as all the things that are in the mind, all of the defilements and mind states and all of that, all of that, the whole packaging. That's my consciousness. So we have to be careful. Here's how I define it. I define it like I just did, that my consciousness is full of all this kind of stuff. An undefiled consciousness, to use traditional terms, is awareness. Consciousness that is identified, awareness that is identified with, by, with its mind states is, con- is, co- is a consciousness. It doesn't know its pure form. And, it, you see? Okay, so that's how I define it. So, then if you understand that awareness is abiding in consciousness, it's just not identified with the patterns and everything that's going on in there so it can't see itself. Then you want to do is free up awareness so that it can see itself. Right? And that's what we're doing. It seems, it's, 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 a, it's a fool. It fools you. Because it seems to be happening outside looking in and then it happens inside and everywhere. Uh, because we've always been, uh, we've always ascribed awareness as to us, to our power. I'm somebody being aware. And so then when you try to be aware of your thoughts or something, you're going to have somebody be aware because you've always been there somewhere, being aware, aware of that, aware of this, right? You've always followed it. So it takes a while to break that mold in which awareness is and you're being seen. That's a revelation. Isn't it? It's a tremendous revelation. That's where we're actually, that's where I'm trying to show us that revelation, that huge turnaround, because you can be, we can each be stuck for a long period of time in the dynamics, exactly as you, as you were mentioning, in the dynamics of that watching, thinking it's self-generated, all up to me and my effort and everything. And suddenly, if we just relax, we see it's pre-existing. We just haven't, found the right access. We've been using the access we've always used to do everything we have through force of will. And that force of will necessitates that awareness is going to seem as if it's coming from me. That's what the force of will is. But if I relax the force of will, suddenly it feels as if there's something outside seeing. Hopefully uh, the meditation this morning gave you a sense of that. And um, as I've, I've mentioned, other ways to do that. Um, like when you're, and I think I've mentioned this to you, is when, when you're seeing something, what is it that sees? What is it that sees through, your, through the eyes? What is it that sees through the eyes? You see, when you see what it is that sees through the eyes and not what it is that you're looking at through the eyes, whoa. Suddenly, it's, that was taken for granted. But it becomes more pervasive than my force of will. What my force of will could do is to limit the field so that I was, what I, to what I wanted to see. But I had no control over the actual seeing itself. I, am I confusing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that e. Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. You feel the insight in the poetry, don't you? That's right. That's exactly right. Now the eyes of my eyes are open. Now the ears of my ears are awake. Huh? He was awake. Sounds to me when he was writing that poem. Yes, so your question is, <clears throat> first of all, when you get very, very quiet in yourself, there is a sense that this stillness is being held. But see if there's someone who is identified with holding the stillness, because that's still noise. I don't think so. I mean, it's okay, not good. Place I can drop into the drop of a hat. Right. It's, it's pretty damn still. It's pretty damn still. Okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Now see if that stillness per permeates everything, not just your psyche. It's not located. Do it with me right now. I, wait, I, I, well, I don't like this checking it out later. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, you just asked a question. And whether stillness is pervasive beyond. So now I have to I have to get very. Whoa. So it's not it's 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 like it's oh, it's awareness. I mean, be just in the same sense that awareness. So stillness. In fact, stillness and awareness are the same thing. The still awareness isn't moving has no movement to it. It's like the space in this room. If I can just use a very limited analogy, because they all are when we do this kind of thing. It holds everything that comes through it, doesn't it? People can come in. You can dance. You can even burn down the room and the space exists. The planet could dissolve. The space would still be there. Nothing has moved. The space has not moved. That's awareness. Awareness is always is is not moving. Thoughts move through it, but awareness does not move. Somebody went to the Buddha and said, Sir, where is the locus of your senses? All of our senses. He said that where you can, where the all senses are perceivable is in the mind. Right? If you're up here, you can see smelling, tasting, hearing, touching, everything. Then they said, "What is the locus of the mind?" And he said, "Awareness. Awareness is more primary. Right? So that from awareness, everything can be seen. And then the." said, sir, what's the locus of awareness? And the Buddha says, the unconditioned. The first manifestation of the unconditioned is awareness. It's not moving. Not, not, not a bit. It's completely, it itself, to even say that it's a manifestation 
but it holds all movement. All movement is known because awareness has the quality of knowing. It also has intelligence, by the way. Not your intelligence, not my intelligence, the intelligence. So it has discerning power. What we call clarity, huh? And it's totally, because it's not coming from any point of view. When awareness comes from a point of view, it's not trustworthy. I don't care how circumscribed that, or how in, um, inclusive that point of view it is. It's not completely trustworthy. But if it doesn't come from a point of view, it's, see, that's when I said the. Somebody mentioned that I said, oh, the universe doesn't care whether you suffer or not. I said, oh, but I hear that again. It doesn't. It just holds your suffering or holds your not. But what is the definition of love? That which does not try to change, but just holds. So you could say awareness is love. And many people, guru, G's, talk about the pervasive, right, of love. They're just changing the words. It's more appealing. We can, we, we, each of us know, think we know what love is. So now we have a sense of, you know, the universe's love. And it does care that I hurt. And it does want me, it doesn't give a damn whether you hurt. It doesn't give a damn. That's the wrong way to put it. It does, it holds it. And then you don't hurt and it holds that. Because all of that is happening because you want it to. Why should it object to you, what you are fabricating? It's not trying to change you. It's holding you the way you are. You see? So we hurt because we want to hurt and the, and the universe allows us to hurt. Then we don't want to hurt anymore and the universe allows that which may address your point of view as to whether that allowance actually brings it to us when you feel the benevolence. Benevolence, you see, when you say that, you got the opposite. But when you feel its pointless view and you're being held within it, then it calls forth that from you. Because... That's right. It holds everything, but it's not an I Thou relationship. It's not it, an I Thou. No, but it has a it has a knowing capacity. But it's not. There's, that's right. That's right. That's right. So does it suffer? No, because. You have to know what suffering is, you see? The reason I ask that question yeah. is, is the, the figure, have this enormous sense of awareness that's changed with this sense of tenderness. Of tenderness of uh, well, you know, is compassion suffering? You see, that's the... You know, I mean, suffering is a contraction around this shouldn't be happening, basically. And I don't recognize those manifestations is holding that kind of contraction. Tears in the eyes and tenderness is not this shouldn't be happening. Um, now, I mean, okay, so, you know, now we're, now we're talking about the next 
reification of awareness, which is the embodiment of, you know, Kuan Yin's. And so we're going a little bit, we're going, we're starting to make them human now. Awareness is not human, huh? The heart. Yeah. Yeah, the heart. So now we, now we start, um, what's the word when you make something inanimate have human personifications? Now we're personifying. Yeah, we're doing that too. <laughs> Anthropomorphizing. <laughs> Any, so, so, the natural, the embodied, embodied awareness has a, when, when it is exposed to pain, embodied awareness, when it's exposed to pain, feels compassion. Embodied awareness, when it is exposed to um, life, feels basic warmth. Embodied awareness, when it feels, when somebody uh, succeeds, feels mudita. Glad that somebody, right? You see? Each of these are the effect of an embodied awareness. But an embodied awareness and awareness, and we have to, Disembody awareness here. We're not talking about gods and goddesses now. We're talking about what's right. And those gods and goddesses can bring us closer because we're embodied. We can, and we're feeling those things can bring us closer to the sense of disembodied awareness. But awareness itself, and some great intelligence, doesn't recoil. When we are in pain, it just holds it. it. Takes a body for that. You see? Yeah. What do you mean that awareness is intelligent? That it knows, it has a capacity to know. not intellectually know. It's like okay, right? Something just happened there. You don't need to think. And something just happened there. It also has, a, I mean, I, from my point of view, this is, I, and I have no idea if this is true, what we call instinct and insects and everything is just the intelligence of the universe, the intelligence. I mean, it's not thought. Birds fly south. And if you say, well, that's genetically coded. Yeah, but what's that? You know, you just you just keep giving it a material explanation for for a mystery, for for intelligence, and uh, and we have that same capacity. See, and I, now I'm 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 out of my I'm out of my range here, because I can only tell you what an embodied awareness has. Embodied awareness has an embodied human awareness non-thinking has a an intelligence, a sense of it, it knows it know it's discerning. It's discerning. And I don't have to think, you just see it. Hmm? So I don't know about a disembodied aware I mean I don't know. How would I know? I can only tell you what I know. <laughs> And I'm out of my league.
meditation on consciousness. And I understand defiled consciousness, which is what most of us uh, have most of the time. Uh, impure consciousness is non-defiled non consciousness. And then there's another term you used the other day that had me all in Universal or unified? What, what do you mean? Unified. unified. So where, how, Unity where consciousness. the is this? And how is, it, is it related to awareness? Or, I'm just, you know. <laughs> Why don't you just drop it, Sue? <laughs> just, just forget it. It just, it's just, it's just bothering you. You know, I just make these things up. <laughs> I don't know the definition of uniform. How do I possibly know that? I'm just telling you the close proximity. You know, it's like, you know. So I don't you don't go with my speech. Do you know if it starts making it? I just do it to clarify as best as I can, and given a very limited understanding, as all of us do. I just say, okay, well, you know, because there's a sense of oneness, isn't there? Isn't there? Yeah. That this, you know, in terms of reification of awareness, the sense of oneness isn't the absolute. And I think that sense of oneness has some correlation to, this is just a guess, a collective consciousness. Because all things are conscious. All things, rocks, everything. Nothing is without awareness. Now, don't take me any further than that because you just get speculation and that'll just confuse you. Yeah, right. So the, the conversation that you're having with Joel, I think? Josh. Josh, sorry, Josh. Um, you know, really helped me to... to you know, the, the habit of being unkind to the commentator. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, the habit of being unkind to the commentator feeds the commentator. Get that fact. I got it. But but you have to see it, not just intellectually. You have to see how you're just adding commentation. You, you, let me give you a different system to look at, which I think is very helpful. Okay. The sense of I is a mental process. Yeah. It's a thought. So you're having, the commentation is another thought. So the one part of the mind that thinks it's separate from the commentation, that is really just another sen thought about the commentation, is now commenting on the commentation. The mind is in more commentation, even if it thinks it's divided between those two, than it ever was when it was doing it alone. Right? You see that? You see that? Okay, when you understand that the sense of self is just the mind divided, and that the practice, here, I'll make it very simple, is to unify the mind, then you no longer create, d divide part of the mind against itself. 
ever. Because all you do is creating more tension between two hemispheres. And what happens when we cease dividing, we cease resistance. And then the whole opens up beyond the mind itself. Because the mind has only created itself through resistance. So another thing we're doing when we're relaxing is ceasing inward argument against itself. And that's why it feels as if this whole thing is opening up. Because the mind has stopped being what it's always been. Which is one part pitted against the other. And it comes out whole, complete, unified. If that makes more sense to you, work it that way. Because then you don't do anything to the sense of self. Because what is it that's doing it to the sense of self? It's another sense of self. Then a different part of the mind. Calling across the hedge. <laughs> Throw out a beer can. <laughs> Take down your laundry. (laughs) (laughs) How do I know that it's it's safe to let go of control? That awareness is equates with kindness. Okay. How do you know that it's safe to let go of control? You'll never know until you do it. In other words, you can't be so assured that they're, that you're going to be safe until you're too tired of so tired of being unsafe that you'll do anything including test the waters of this next movement this next thing in other words you're pushed back until you release and that's letting go of control if you did it the other way I've decided now I need to let go of control that would be more control you, be, you can't move forward into this thing. You just fall off the end of the boat. In other words, I don't know what's on, I don't know where I'm going to fall, but I cannot. I'm not doing this anymore. But we have to be pushed pretty far back there before we come to that place. Yes, absolutely. I'm on the back end of the boat and I... (laughs) (laughs) And that gets me going, well, maybe I'm not quite ready for that. (laughs) I got some more rowing to do. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.